Are you frustrated with your co-parent? Do you sometimes find yourself hoping that you and your co-parent will one day get along better than you even did in your marriage? Or more secretly, wish your co-parent would meet with an untimely or maybe painful demise. (laughs) It's okay. We understand. But I'm afraid that neither of those fantasies are helping you move on with your life. We think this podcast will help you learn how to put those fantasies in the past. In each episode, we address difficult dilemmas that many co-parents face and will help you decide should you hold on to the conflict for the sake of the kids or let it go for the same reason. These issues are often complicated, but the solutions can be easier than you think. So get ready for this unconventional ride. You might be surprised it could change your life. Welcome to Co-Parent Dilemmas, where we give practical solutions to those impossible co-parents. I'm Diane Dirks. And I'm Rick Voiles. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Diane. How are you? I'm doing well, well this morning. Good. It's a little rainy here today, which I don't like, but we need it, I suppose. Right, right. Same here. Yeah. Do you want to talk any more about the weather? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. This is why we do this show, because Rick and I are incredibly boring in our personal lives. So we love doing the podcast and talking to all of you. Today, we have an interesting topic, and there's an email that we received from Chris, and he's from Ohio. That's my home state. Go Buckeyes. And he says this. Our parenting plan says that we must inform the other parent if we take the children out of state, which is dumb because we live about 30 minutes from the state line. But she insisted on this clause, knowing that I have relatives and even my dentist is technically in the neighboring state. She filed a contempt because the kids and I had lunch with my cousin last week at a restaurant near her home. I didn't tell her because it was an hour lunch. Mm -hmm. This is one of many things she does to try to paint me as a parenting plan rebel. I love that. How far do you go to attend to every detail of the parenting plan when it sometimes doesn't make any sense? Interesting. Hmm. Yes. A good dilemma to talk about. We've had these kinds before, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. I like this. This is going to be good. Yep. So parenting plans are important. Yes. They're typically court ordered. If not, they are agreed upon by the parties and then a judge signs off on them. So that makes it a court order. Yes. So we never tell people don't follow the plan. No. Because we don't want people to get in trouble. But how many poorly written parenting plans have we encountered Rick in our work a lot hundreds that's why we have work a lot of times. I know, exactly so when we do parenting coordination work for instance you know one of the things we do right off the bat is go over the board ordered parenting plan line by line because they're often not written clearly or there are holes in the parenting plan right And you and I know that some people, certain types, controlling types, narcissistic types, people that like to create drama, 
Love when there is room for wiggle in the parenting plan. They will find every loophole to use against you. Yes. And I personally see this as a loophole. I grew up on the eastern border of Ohio, across the river from Wheeling, West Virginia. And I had a lot of business in West Virginia. That's where the hospital was that we went to. That's where Hmm. my pediatrician was. That's where I had my first job, even though I lived in Ohio. So anybody who lives in those states where you jump back and forth, to me, this is an error on the attorney's part that you would write it this way without clarification. Yes. So where should we go with this? I mean, should I let it go? Letting it go, I think for Chris would be every time he drives across the state line with his children, he must call the other parent and inform. That would be like letting it go saying, no, it's not worth fighting about. And that's what the parenting plan says. Yes, that would be letting it go. (laughs) Holding his ground would be Never calling her and telling her I'm going to lunch or going every day across the line. And waiting for one more contempt to come. Or, you know, he could file something with the court to change this, right? So like we always say, it seems like every show we say, ah, don't hold on, don't let it go. (laughs) We're always that in between, right? right? There's more than two options. There's more than an either or. Well, yes. So we have the basic principle and we are always going to lean toward follow the plan because if not, you're standing in front of a judge trying to explain and that never, that, that that's not a good position to be in. You might win, but still you've got to pay, you got to stand there, you got to defend yourself. Right. And sometimes you have that co-parent who's just likes taking you to court because they like to make you miserable. Yeah. We want to lean toward following the plan. In this case, though, we would want to maybe add some things to give some freedom. Like, for example, okay, I am going to put this in my communication. If I know ahead of time that I'm going to go see my parents just to alleviate the ability of the other parent to turn it into an issue. Yeah. That's the way to stop them from making your life miserable. He may have known ahead of time that he was going to have lunch with his cousin, right? right? They had to plan that, but maybe they planned that the day before, or if they're on a weekly communication protocol, actually, we're going to talk about in our next episode, he'd have to communicate outside of that, which could be problematic. I also think there are times when you are going to the dentist and you travel across the state line, maybe with your child, because you're going to stop at Dairy Queen while you're over there with the kid. (laughs) I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why at the last minute you would decide to take your child across state line. I think this is an antiquated clause simply because we now have cell phones and it used to be we could only communicate through landline. And if I couldn't get a hold of my child and I'm calling you all weekend and no one's answering the phone, and then I find out that you spent three days at your cousin's house in another state, that could make me kind of nervous if you didn't tell me, hey, we're leaving home for a few days. And I think the out of state, quote unquote, was a way to prevent people from just leaving without letting the other parent know you might not be able to get a hold of us for three days or a week or whatever. Now with cell phones, I mean, it used to be in the old days, if you went on vacation, you had to tell the other parent what hotel you were staying at, what the phone number was, when you were checking in and when you were checking out. 
And that's really kind of unnecessary now, as long as I can call you on your cell phone and you can hand the phone to my child, I'm not sure it's as important to know where you are (laughs) while I'm able to do that. Um, Yeah, that's a good point. I had not thought of the antiquatedness of it. Yeah, coupled with, and you've touched on it, the parent wanting to know or needing to know the whereabouts of their child at all times. Yeah. Uh, And most people buck against that because this is my life, my time. Right. You don't need to know what time we went to the restaurant, what time we got done eating, then there's an hour gap between that. And I feel like I'm always on your radar. That's why a lot of parents don't want the other parent to track their child's phone. You know, that app, it's called Life360, I think is the app. Uh, uh Because in essence, if you track my child, you're tracking me. Right. To which I always tell parents, don't worry about that. Where are you going? that you don't want to be tracked. Are you going down on the seedy side of town and buying drugs? I mean, I know it's uncomfortable, but sometimes parents agree that kids need to be tracked, especially teenagers, right? So we know when they're telling us the truth, I'm going to my friend's house and you don't see that their phone is at the lake. Now, where I might veer from that is if there's a history of this parent having attempted an abduction, right? Right. That's pretty serious. Maybe he or she wasn't convicted of kidnapping, but there was pretty clear evidence that that was what their intent was. Then, you know, maybe you might put this clause in, but even so, if someone is intent on breaking the law, what you put in a court order doesn't stop them. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Yeah. So I guess all that is us saying, why put it in there? But here's Chris's dilemma. It's in there, right? Right. And I see that I have had cases like this where the other parent is wanting that gotcha moment, right? Right. Instead of wanting loopholes, they want things so tight that they can't wait for the other parent to fail. They're almost lying in wait and waiting for you to veer off the parenting plan so I can file a contempt against you. And I I love his phrase of parenting plan rebel, as if he's working really hard to go against the court order. So I think that she may be one of these. You and I, it feels ridiculous and it feels petty. But for all we know, Chris has violated the parenting plan in 10 other ways. Yes. And this is just one of the ways on the list, right? We don't know that because Chris isn't telling us that. But if we take this on its own, that this is the only issue and she's filing a contempt on this only issue, then I would see her as one of those gotcha parents. I think probably the advice that I would want to give to listeners who are preparing a parenting plan, uh, or maybe you're in court right now and you have an opportunity to modify a parenting plan, and you're one of these people that lives close to the border. I know when we lived in Atlanta, Chattanooga was only two hours north of us, but it was in Tennessee. So this had come up before that someone would take a day trip to Chattanooga right, and didn't stay overnight and didn't think that was a violation of this out-of-state clause. So I think just to be clear, if you have a plan like that, you might say out-of-state 
overnight. Right. That would be a great condition to put on here to right. kind of close the loophole. Right. Right. And so that might be something you could actually resolve with your co-parent on your own. Okay. Our parenting plan says this, and before you run into a problem with it, can we agree that that really means overnight and yeah. not a two hour? Yes. This is not different than the dynamics that I see in the clause around right of first refusal that says uh, you've got to give me the first choice of taking care of the kids if you aren't going to be taking care of them. Mm -hmm. And then somebody finds the loophole that you went to the grocery store for an hour and had the neighbors watch the kids while they were playing together, that's a violation of the court order. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. You can't leave the kids at home for five minutes or right. somebody else for five minutes without telling me. Telling yeah, me first, a, right. That's a good point. And what do we typically tell parents about that? Well, close the loophole. <laughs> it's the first, right? Yeah. A good plan is always the best advice. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I can't go anywhere. And it means 15 minutes away from the kids. I've got to call you. That is not yes. the spirit of the plan. Right. So Chris, maybe since she's filed a contempt on you, uh, I'm sorry that you have to go to court over this, but maybe it's something you could mediate. Maybe your attorney or her attorney would agree to go to mediation. So you don't have to go to court and have a hearing and come to an agreement to clarify this clause so that it's not a two hour lunch that gets you in trouble. Maybe you can decide to get rid of it altogether, but she seems to like this clause. <laughs> you said, Especially I'm not sure you. why she insisted on it. And again, nope. we don't have enough information to know that. So I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt here, but I would suggest again, somewhere in the middle holding on would be fighting about it in court. And you wanting to get rid of it completely, letting go is just deciding I'm going to tell her every time I'm leaving the state for 10 minutes. The place in the middle where we typically choose is go to mediation and yeah. mediate this clause so that it's a little bit more clear. And that's also a great opportunity to close any other loopholes that are yes. in your parenting plan that might get you in trouble later. So, yeah, because if she really is a gotcha parent, paint, paint, paint you in the corner, I can't mm -hmm. say that very easily, then there's going to be other loopholes that you're going to want to close. It's also, Chris, I would want to suggest, it depends how far into the divorce you've been. She may not be willing today in mediation to change it or close the loophole, but that doesn't mean to try two years from now. Again, because this clause is here motivated by some fear that mom has. That fear may not be there two years from now. Right. Don't know. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Once everybody's through the grief process, she may relax around that a little bit or maybe is able to trust. There's, a, there's an issue of trust in the beginning that can resolve itself. And after, the kids might be older, after. two years that could change her thinking about it. Sure, sure. Or she might be the kind of parent that when her 19-year-old drives across the state, she requires him to tell her. She's tracking him all the time. Yes. <laughs> exactly. There's another, this is my smart aleck side, because there's another loophole here that What's I that? see. All right. Right now we're focused on, he's got to call her every time he leaves the state, but nowhere in here does it say when he has to call her before ah. he leaves the state. 
So does he call her as he's crossing the line? Exactly. And or does he call her 48 After, hours in advance? Right. I mean, he could call while they're at lunch. Oh, wait, I got to call the other parent and say, we're out of state. It doesn't say you have to do it before you leave. Yeah. Or but, it might say that he's not telling us that. So right. We have we don't have a plan in front of us. It just this, says must inform the other parent. Typically, that would be in writing, right? I hope it says at least that. But even so, what if he doesn't inform her? Or what if he informs her? Can she say no? Oh, no, it doesn't say that. He just has to <laughs> let her. He, he could text her. Hey, I'm leaving the state you <laughs> right, know, right, right before he crosses the line. So there's not an element of permission here no, no. that I have to ask permission. I just have to let her know I'm leaving. So if, anyway. I, would, if I was Chris, <laughs> this, is, this is what I would do. I would already type it up. I'm leaving the state and I would just have it somewhere that I just copy and paste. It's the Uh least amount of effort on my part. I'm still following the order of the plan. She can't really say anything against it because there isn't anything Mm -hmm. here. So he's minimally inconvenienced, but still stays out of trouble. Yeah, that would be one way to do it. And Chris, be sure to read the parenting plan. And if it says you have to inform her 24 hours in advance, or you have to let her know where you're going in the state, who's in the car with you, which child. So make sure you read that. And if you're going to do what Rick just says and letting it go, make sure all that information is in there. But I think the better remedy is to mediate this with some, get some professional help with how to word that so that it's not cumbersome to you and it relieves whatever her fears are. Well, and depending upon how much of a problem this parent is, another solution is a PC, a parent coordinator. That's more of a long-term solution to the problem because the parent coordinator would work issue by issue, conflict by conflict, and actually be able to close the loopholes. Mediation is a quicker, cheaper, faster, better solution But if you do have a lot of this going on in your plan, then I would highly recommend getting a parent coordinator. And that could actually be something that they could mediate. You know, when they when they mediate this issue, since it's a current issue and she's already filed a contempt, they can mediate this issue as well as say, hey, instead of filing court documents every time you don't like something that I do, why don't we engage the help of a parenting coordinator who's there? at our beck and call, basically, when we have an issue that we need to resolve, instead of calling an attorney, we can call our parenting coordinator. So for those of you who are still writing your plan, haven't finished it yet, or you're looking to modify it, then add most good plans have a paragraph on conflict resolution. And that would be where that would go. Either we go to mediation, or we go to we hire a a parenting Parenting coordinator. coordinator. Right, right. Very good. Well, thank you, Chris, for your question. I hope that helps you resolve the issue. And we will talk next week. What's our subject next week? Do you remember? Yes. Next week, we have a really interesting issue where the step parent is communicating rather than the biological parent. And it's frustrating the other biological parent. Uh, Exactly. Good. That'll be a fun topic. Yes. All right, Rick, it was good to talk with you and see y'all next week. Yes. Bye, everybody. Bye. 
We hope this episode was helpful to you. If you'd like to share your dilemma or tell us how something we said has benefited your situation, please call 1-234-DILEMMA. That's 234-362-3445. Or email 1234dilemma at gmail.com. Thank you for being part of our non-impossible family.